Hi, my name is Lauren, and I'm going to tell you a story. My story. I grew up being energetic and creative and always daydreaming about stories and drawing new characters. I wrote a, a whole novel during high school. I would draw and paint every day. I would do sports and play video games, and I was active. And then a lot of things happened. The main thing being chronic pain and what I now know to be arthritis. Using my hands, doing the things that once brought me so much joy and purpose in life, started bringing me pain and fear. And the futures that I once believed in didn't feel possible anymore. I was afraid to draw. I was afraid to write. I was afraid to dream. But still, as I was in pain, I had a story that I wanted to tell. And for a while, I didn't think I'd ever be able to write it. But I've spent enough time waiting to heal or get answers or be better, and I'm done waiting. I don't need my hands. I like them. I'm, I miss them. I wish that I could do more still, but I'm not waiting anymore. And it occurred to me that instead of writing, I can tell you a story. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm not reading off of a script. None of this has been written down. I have a brief outline, but that's maybe two bullet points per chapter. And I'm telling this story for me, for all of the things that I've missed when I read a book or watch a show. It's for all of the pain and growth that I've been through. And it's a way to be creative and happy again and to just tell the story that's been sitting in my mind for the last couple of years. So get cozy, sit back, and listen up, because it's going to be a long one. were hot and dry, demanding time away from thought and activity, demanding rest and relaxation and either staying indoors where it could be kept cool or jumping in the waters for a refreshing swim. Kian and his sister Anaya had been sent by their parents to spend the few weeks at their vacation home, whether the trip was a gift to the two siblings, giving them a place to get away from home, get away from the palace and the responsibilities, or if it was a gift to the parents, getting the siblings away from them, away from the business, it couldn't be sure. Keon spent his days chatting idly with his guards and the appointed staff, going out for short walks with his camera, taking pictures of the scenes and wildlife. The pictures he took were definitely a sharp contrast to the ones of the gleaming, tall city buildings that he was used to, and the warm, organic shapes and colors of the country vacation home were definitely a welcome sight, though there is something about the city, about its reflective surfaces, that always beckoned him in a surreal and otherworldly way. And I spent many of her days working out, going for runs in spite of the heat, doing laps around the nearby lake, or doing weightlifting and reps inside the house 
trying to meet a new personal record. They were together in one of the rec rooms, Inaya lightly jogging and doing cardio in place, and Kian just hanging out on one of the chairs, making conversation with her. They weren't a particularly close family, but that didn't stop Kian from trying sometimes. So how's it going with that uh, Fisk guy? Kian asked his sister as she bobbed up and down. Inaya laughed lightheartedly. Oh, he got... He got way too clean, and I had to dump him. I'm talking to an Adira now, and she seems pretty nice, I think. And I had always been someone who is energetic, outgoing, and very carefree about the people that came in and out of her life. And it worked out well for her. She didn't seem to have a problem making friends. That wasn't true for Keon. He didn't know where Anaya found these people. But the only people Keon found himself able to talk to and spend time with were those who worked for him, mostly his guards and personal attendants. It was hard not to be jealous of her, the way that she seemed to almost be good at everything, because Keon felt that he could only be okay-ish at most things. Inaya assumed to be the one to take over leading the country once their parents were done. I'd always had personal tutors and the highest education possible. And through all of that, she always got the highest scores and a generally flawless record. And she excelled in her physical performances as well, being able to keep up with most in terms of speed and strength. Keon wanted to work hard and do well, and he was brimming with ideas, but it seemed that whenever he put them forward or brought them up to his parents, they didn't listen or didn't do anything with what he had to say. Sometimes they seemed stubborn and deigned to stick to the status quo and abiding by the if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of rule. How did your photography walk out today? And I asked, interrupting Keon's thoughts. Were you able to catch that pesky squirrel? Keon chuckled. She had been teasing him about getting a picture or a mugshot of a specific squirrel that had stolen her lunch the day before. No, I haven't caught him yet. But the clouds were really nice today, and I think I got some really good shots of the reflections on the water, so that's something, Keon offered. Keon pulled up on his tablet the gallery of pictures that he took, swiping through them. Judging the light and composition and wondering if there was going to be any that he wanted to keep. Anaya snuck behind him and reached her arm over his shoulder, randomly swiping at the screen, minimizing closing and opening windows back and forth, ruining what he was looking at, laughing and stepping back as he pushed the screen away out of her reach. He whipped around to give her a scowl, but she was already laughing and walking away, waving dismissively at him. <laughs> I'm going to my bedroom, so if those chefs come here, you can tell them to send my food there. It was just about lunchtime, and Kian could feel the pit in his stomach growing. He pulled his tablet up again, looking for new ways to kill time. The vacation home, as nice and big and extravagant as it was, there wasn't much to do. It still provided all of the luxuries of modern technology, and entertainment that they had back home, but 
with it only being him, Anaya, a few guards, and some cooks, it was hard to find new things to stay busy. Not long after Anaya left, Kian heard the cartwheels rolling into the room as the kitchen staff brought his meal. He put down his tablet and started clearing off the coffee table in front of him, helping make some room for the plates. And out of the corner of his eye, he saw the kitchen staff uncovering the food and bending down to get the plates out. After he cleared off the table, he stood up to help them carry everything. But as he stood and turned, he saw everything moving in slow motion as one of the kitchen staff straightened up and pulled a gun out on Keon. The gunshot rang loud, ringing across the house, and a blur of motion swept across his field of vision as the guards rushed in, tackling the person with the gun and wrestling it from his grip. But Keon looked down, not to himself, but to the other kitchen staff worker, who lay crumpled on the ground, a dark stain blossoming in their shoulder. He rushed over to them, pushing the food cart out of the way, making sure that they were okay, and beckoning for the guard to come over once once he had finished apprehending the attacker. The kitchen staff member groaned and slowly, painfully sat up, leaning on their unharmed shoulder and not moving their other. They had short, dark hair with bangs that swept across the forehead and close shaved in the back, and an old, healed burn scar across the right side of their face, going down their neck and disappearing under the collar of their shirt. Kian reached out and supported their uninjured shoulder, helping them sit up. Thank you, Kian breathed. What's your name? Their dark eyes looked up at him, still sharp and focused, in spite of the wound and bleeding. I'm Naya, she said. I would shake your hand, but, uh, that one's not quite cooperating right now, she said, smiling through her pain. By then, Keon's guard, Harish, had finished securing the shooter, who had been knocked out in the struggle, and moved towards the two of them. He saw the blood stemming from Naya's shoulder and spoke up. There's a first aid kit in the... He started, but was cut off by a few more gunshots echoing through the house further away, and Keon's blood ran cold. Naya shook her head. There's not time for that. We can shut the curtains and use those for now. She said bluntly and directly, almost as if giving an order. But Keon and Harish had no other ideas, so they did just that, quickly making work of the curtains and tearing them into thin strips, Harish standing guard outside of the room watching for anyone else who might be moving, and Keon fumbling his way through, trying to bind her shoulder. It doesn't need to be perfect, Naya said, almost consolingly. Just good enough to get us through this. Keon gritted his teeth, nodding, trying not to let the panic of the situation creep in. Someone made an attempt on his life, and he had no idea where Anaya was, or if she was safe, or what those other bullets meant. Keon's mind reeled, wondering about who was behind this, what they wanted, why they were doing it. There was the Roaches gang, but they only targeted high money businesses and corporations, and they didn't focus on people. 
And they had been suspiciously quiet for half a year now. So quiet that some people thought the gang had died out, dispersed, or destroyed itself. His other thought was the Etsu, the territory bordering the country of Hala. He knew there had been recent spats and fights about land and what belonged to who, but he didn't think it was anything that they would send this kind of attack for, and it seemed far too organized. But he couldn't think of that now. He had to keep moving and had to make it through all of this first. He tied a knot in the curtains, binding Naya's shoulder, cutting off the thoughts, and giving her his shoulder to help her stand. They stood together, her standing a bit taller than him, and her pale, colorless skin contrasting with his warm complexion. Harish looked back to the two of them standing and motioned for them to follow. There's a safe room in the back of the house, he said, as he crept leading them through the hall, quickly surveying any room that they passed. You'll both be safe as long as I can get you there. Two more gunshots rang in the house, but still they continued forward, Naya leaning heavily on Kion, forcefully keeping her breathing steady and calm without even a whisper of the pain she must be feeling on her face. They made it to a corner and Harish raised a hand, motioning for the two of them to stop. And Kian and Naya crouched together silently as Harish moved forward with his gun drawn. Kian's heart thundered in his chest as he waited. One breath, then two, and then a wave of gunshots. Too loud, too close, and more silence. Then footsteps, uneven but quick, heading in their direction. Kian tensed and pressed up against the wall, but that wouldn't do them any good. But it didn't matter because the face that rounded the corner was Harish, but his arm was limp, blood blossoming from the bullet wounds there, and another in his leg. I don't think we can go in that direction. He panted. We need to go somewhere else and we need to hurry. I think they're guarding the safe room. We can go to the kitchens. Naya jumped in. They have strong fire doors and plenty of things to barricade the doors. And it's nearby she said confidently, and she stood up without Kian balancing on her own weight, motioning with her head for Kian to help Harish. He nodded and slipped himself under Harish's arm, supporting him as they walked almost too slowly through the hall, following Naya to the kitchen. They could hear footsteps echoing in the halls behind them, and they quickened their pace as much as they could with Harish's injuries. But Kian could see the consciousness fading in and out on Harish's face, but they quickly made it to the kitchen doors, Naya stopping them just outside and peering towards the entrance. Kian cocked his head in question, but Naya just took a deep breath and in one fluid motion pulled the gun from Harish's hip, stepped into the doorway of the kitchen, and fired off two decisive shots, and Kian heard the sound of what must have been crumpling bodies. And then she motioned Kian and Harish to come in, Kian peered hesitantly into the room and saw two bodies on the floor with weapons laying beside them and many equally dumbstruck kitchen workers cowering in the corners as they looked up at Naya with recognition, fear at the gunshots, and then relief upon seeing Kian emerge behind her. We need to barricade the doors, Naya said curtly, and the other kitchen staff snapped out of their frozen trance and started moving quickly shutting the large, heavy fire doors and moving as many tables, shelves, and cabinets to the doors as they could. 
One of the kitchen staff members rushed up to Naya, wrapping their arms around her in a giant, relieved hug. And Naya winced as the pain flared in her shoulder again, and the kitchen staff worker stepped back, apologizing. I'm so glad to see her okay, the staff worker said. The, the attackers must have snuck in with some of the new hires, and Naya put her good arm around the worker's shoulder, consolingly. I know, it's going to be okay, Naya said. Kian safe and not hurt, and Harish got injured protecting us, but we should be safe here while we wait for reinforcements to come. Kian laid Harish down on the ground, searching for something, anything to wrap his wounds with to slow the bleeding at least. And in seeing him look for some medical help, one of the staff ran to him with a first aid kit in hand, and Kian was relieved. He cut a long strip of bandages, working on the shoulder, while another kitchen staff member helped with the leg. This one was a little bit less clumsy than Naya's, and at least he was getting better with practice. Consciousness had long ago left Harish's body, but Kian was still relieved to see the even steady breathing and the rise and fall of his chest. The staff had finished moving as much as they could in front of the fire doors when they started hearing loud footsteps coming from the other side. He and Naya locked eyes for a second before Naya commanded to the room, everyone get behind the counters, and everyone immediately complied. A few people helping Keon carefully and safely move Harish behind the safety of the counters and islands in the center of the kitchen. Naya sat crouching next to Keon, facing the door and staring intensely, almost as if seeing through the cabinets. They heard more gunshots ring, firing against the door breaking the latch or the hinges or whatever they could to get in, pounding at the door when the latch gave, the cabinets and shelves in front of them scraping slowly, bit by bit, as the attackers forced their way in. Kian heard Naya take a deep, steady breath beside him, before standing up, firing one quick shot and crouching down next to him again. There were shots, there were shouts, a couple returned gunshots as Kian saw many of the staff workers flinch and crouch in fear next to him. But Naya remained still, steady and confident. Naya stood up again to fire another shot, but only a hollow click sounded from the gun, and she swore in their rush to get to cover. They had forgotten the spare guns that had fallen beside the attackers that Naya had already taken down. Naya let out a heavy breath still watching as if staring through the cabinets. As the cabinets and shelves barricading the doors scraped more against the floor before crumbling and falling with loud, clattering noises, Kian took a risk and peered through the cracks between the cabinets, seeing two sets of legs slowly, cautiously making their way through the small opening, climbing over the fallen furniture. Naya crept along away from Keon, towards the edge of the counters, and he watched as she counted out a few beats in her head before springing into action. She pranced out of cover, flinging the empty gun at the closest person's face and dashing towards them. Keon leaned, straining to see everything through the crack. They just saw flashes of leg and movement. Naya barreling towards one of the attackers, sweeping the gun out of one of their hands ducking low as another shot rang out and moving up swiftly again 
taking aim and firing twice, and then silence. Slow, light footsteps came back around the counter, and there was an audible sigh of relief from everyone as I saw Naya, her injured arm hanging limp, and her breathing heavy. Can you guys, ah, barricade the doors again. She panted, leaning back against the wall behind her. How did a kitchen staff worker know how to do all these things? Kian wondered. She is acting with as much confidence and competence as any of his most well-trained guards. A chime came from Harish's belt, startling Kian, and he quickly fumbled for it, answering the call. Uh, hello? Kian said. Harish, is that you? Came the voice on the other end. Uh, no, Kian replied. Uh, this is, this is Kian Kusari. Uh, Harish got injured and is unconscious, but we are, we are safe. Got it, came the voice on the other end. Where are you? We're coming to get you. Uh, we are, we're in the kitchen, Kian said, but we're barricaded in. Um, you, you'll have to let us know so we can let you in. Will do, came the voice on the other end. Just stay put and we'll be there when everything's safe. Uh, w- hold on, Kian said, before the person on the other side could go. Do, do you know about Anaya? Is she, is she okay? Their team was able to make it to the safe room. No one was hurt. Kian breathed a sigh of relief. Okay, th- thank you, he said, and the call ended. It felt like eternity waiting in silence for the backup and relief team to arrive. They all still sat huddled behind the counters, Naya with the spare guns in her lap, her arm hanging limp, color drained from her face, but still watching determinedly at the door. And when they heard footsteps from the other side, they all froze. But there was a knock instead of gunshots, and another call from Harish's belt announcing that it was them. And the kitchen staff cautiously moved the barricades away, Naya standing nearby, poised to take action if needed, but thankfully it wasn't needed. As the relief team flooded in, checking over the kitchen staff workers, checking over Keon, and taking Harish and Naya away for their injuries to be taken care of professionally. He saw Inaya, and they gave each other huge hugs, relieved to see the other safe and unharmed. And when they stepped back, Kian could almost see tears in the corner of Inaya's eyes, but she turned away too quick for him to be sure, and they were all quickly ushered away, the vacation ending and them being taken back home, to the capital, to the palace, and to their home. Kian stood anxiously, hesitantly, with flowers in his hands, at the hospital door to Naya's room. It had been a few days since the attack, and he had yet to see her, to thank her for how she was able to step up. He had already seen Harish, giving him his own bouquet of flowers, but this one was a little bit harder. Nonetheless, he let out a deep, heavy breath and opened the door. The lights in the room were dimmed. Naya hooked up to various medical equipment, nodes dotting her arm, reading for vitals, and an IV stretching from her hand. Her short, dark hair was messy and uneven, and the ridges of her scar 
caught in the light that came in from the window nearby. Hospitals were not a common place for Keon to be, with personal doctors being at the palace and most injuries being able to be healed and waved away quickly and easily. There wasn't much need to be in a hospital. But this person had taken a bullet for him without even knowing him. And expressing that gratitude was impossible. Keon stepped into the room, shutting the door behind him. And Naya looked over to him with a tired but pleasant expression. Hi, uh, it's Keon. You, you know that. Um, I brought you some flowers, as you can see. I didn't know if you were like a flower kind of person. I don't know what your preferences are, but no, they're nice. Naya interrupted, and he just smiled awkwardly at her. Uh, I'm glad you like them, then. I'll just uh, set them over here, I guess. He stammered, clearing off a spot on the counter to put the flowers. He turned back around, facing Naya, and fumbled for what to say or do next. But she nodded her head in the direction of an open chair in the room. You're welcome to sit and stay if you want. I literally can't go anywhere, she said lightheartedly. Kian nodded and took the seat. I'm guessing you could probably use the company then. Naya let out a heavy, humored sigh. There are only so many ways I can tell the nurses that I'm doing fine. Good to know I shouldn't be asking you that question then, Kian said, and Naya let out a lighthearted chuckle at that. Has anyone else come to visit? Kian asked, trying to make pleasant conversation, kind of avoiding the reason that he was there in the first place. Naya shook her head. No, she said. I'm a little bit new to the area, and my family doesn't live here, Naya said. Kian tipped his head. They wouldn't even travel to come see you? Naya looked away. My family, they're from Alaria. They're not in Hala, and I'm not really in contact with them. Oh, I'm sorry, Kian said feeling bad for accidentally bringing up a sore topic. No, it's it's fine, Naya said. How long have you been on the kitchen staff then? Kian said, changing the topic. Naya looked up doing mental calculations. Ah, uh, probably about half a year now, she said, an expression crossing her face as if the timeline surprised her too. Well, I hope with the exception of... You know what happened a couple days ago. It's been a good experience for you, Kian said. Unsure if he should already be joking about what had happened, but Naya smiled. Yes, it's been really nice working for your family, and and it's really generous of the family to offer on-campus housing for any of the staff who might need it. Kian smiled. Oh, so you're staying on campus then? I'll have to visit you. Oh, pr I mean, provided you still want to work for us. Naya let out a lighthearted chuckle at Keon's awkwardness. I, I will still work for you. One bad day isn't enough to scare me away. They were able to interrogate some of the people they found from the attacks. Naya looked at him intensely, listening closely to what he had to say. They said that they were members of an Etsu community. And apparently, their goal was to take me and Anaya and leverage us as ransom. 
His chest still tightened as he said that, even though he had known it for a few days. But the reality still hadn't sunk on him of what would have happened if Naya hadn't been there. Uh, actually, I, I wanted to talk to you about something, Kian said, looking away, struggling to find the right words. What you did, I'm really grateful for. You took a bullet for me and you... When Harish got hurt, you were able to lead us and keep us safe, and Kian trailed off, slowly raising his eyes to make contact with hers again. You are the reason I made it out of that safe. And I think uh, there's an opening in my guard staff, and I think you would make a really good fit for it. Naya tipped her head in surprise, but Keon continued, I, I, I think you should take the role, because I know you'd be good at it, and I, I, it, if you want to stay on the kitchen staff, I of course will understand, and you are more than welcome to do that, and I will make sure my family compensates you well for what you did for us, for me, but if you decide that you would like to be a guard, you will have to go through an extra training course. And it'll be some work and it'll be a little while, but you'll definitely get paid more and you'll get better benefits and uh, <laughs> you'll um, get to work with me every day, he said, adding that last bit on as a lighthearted joke. But of course, it's totally up to you, whatever you want to do. I'm, I'm not going to pressure you or anything. Naya was silent for an uncomfortably long time before she nodded slowly. Thank you. I, I will think about it. to the end of chapter one i actually re-recorded this uh six months after i originally recorded it because first time i did it i didn't know what i was doing it was very much a pilot where i wasn't sure if i was going to be able to do it and you know what i done did it and here we are so we're at the outro which means you can rate review subscribe that's what people tell you to do here. Um, you can also go check out Louis Zong on Bandcamp. All of the music that I use is from him. He is really generous with all of his music. Everything is pay your own price. Hundreds and hundreds of fantastic songs for every mood and whim. It's amazing. Go check him out. And then you can also find me at LK underscore draws on Instagram and Twitter. I don't post much, but... I am there nonetheless, always lurking. <laughs> but really, if you're listening to this story, thank you. It, it really means a lot. And just being able to come to terms with chronic illness and being able to do things and live in spite of it is a really good feeling. And I don't need your validation, but I'm happy to share the things that make me happy with other people. And hopefully you can get something out of it too. Anyway, I'm being way too sentimental. Whatever. Have a great day and until next time.